If you are interested in starting your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout because it is simple and easy to use. Buzzsprout can get your show listed on every major platform while giving you the resources for a great podcast website, audio players that can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and that is why over 100,000 podcasters are already subscribed to Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Following the link in our episode descriptions, let's Buzzsprout know that we sent you. So in return, you will receive a $20 Amazon gift card from Buzzsprout while signing up for a paid plan. Most importantly, every subscription through our link is always appreciated and helps support our show so we can continue delivering the quality content that you guys listen to. That being said, back to the show. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junkies. I'm Andrew. And I'm Joe. And this week we're coming at you with a book review. This time we read Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow by Alan Moore, George Perez, and Kurt Swan on art. It's a really good story. It's only about two issues, so it was a pretty quick read. The graphic novel that we read, you can get on Comixology. It has four issues, um, but we're going to do the first two, which are the actual title story. So Joe, what are your thoughts? I really enjoyed it. Uh, As a Superman fan, I approve it. Two issues, a lot happens within two issues. This might be the shortest thing that we've ever read, but it felt like there was a lot of content, so... I was pretty impressed. Did you like it? Yeah. In general, you know, before we dig in, I do like this story. It was a pretty favorable story for a few reasons. Kurt Swan, this is one of his, like, last significant contributions to the character. I mean, if you're familiar, Kurt Swan, you know, classic artist for Superman, you know, all through, like, the Silver Age and whatnot. So it was really cool seeing him work with Alan Moore here. Um, And then, two, I like that this is kind of an imaginary story, and it's pretty much the last Silver Age Superman story. So, you know, pretty much my favorite time in the character's history um you know maybe not as many notable stories other than like you know the introductions of all of his cool supporting cast and characters a lot of the cool villains like brainiac supergirl and all that great time in his comics but you know just the campiness the goofiness and just his overall characterization and you know his sense of morals and all of that it really comes kind of like into a perfect blend in this story every single person working on the book is really talented i mean we've already read a lot of alan moore so far we've already done a lot of george perez and so it's just a testament to, you know, everything that they do. But two issues, like Berger said, it starts in Superman issue 423. That first issue, the first page gives us the disclosure that Superman died 10 years ago. That being the premise of the story, a guy named Tim Crane comes from the Daily Planet to visit Lois Lane. We find out that Lois is actually remarried at this point, 10 years after Superman's passing, and has a baby with this man. The reporter is there to interview her for a Superman memorial piece called The Last Last Days of Superman. During the interview, she mentions that Luther, Brainiac, and like all of his like greatest adversaries are pretty much chilled out or were not in the picture leading up to Superman's disappearance. But he was last working on a research project for the government out in space. It's at that time that Bizarro, however, feels he's not a perfect, imperfect version of Superman. So in order to be truly opposite from him, he went way off the deep end and apparently started killing people, carrying a lead box of blue kryptonite with them everywhere for quote-unquote good luck, because everything's opposite, which ultimately leads to his suicide, so to speak. But uh, Lois remarks that it was really unnatural or unusual for him, even for Bizarro. Well, what's even more strange than that is the un- 
masking to follow. So anything that you want to unpack so far? I mean, there's not a ton really to unpack. I mean, you pretty summed it up pretty nicely there. You know, it's just kind of like you said, this story is kind of like everything's pretty much chilled out. Things are normal for Superman. Everyone's either in hiding, either kind of, you know, died fighting another villain or whatnot. Little by little, his old villains come back, but they're not the same nuisances that they were. And that's even what Superman refers to them as. He's like, they were a nuisance. Now they're killers because Bizarro was like gloating about how he killed all these people. And Superman's like, merciful Rao, are you kidding? me and then yeah dude he just offs himself right in front of him and that leads into uh his fight with toy man and prankster uh, prankster yeah clark was about to go live on tv after the whole bizarro fiasco and when there was a package delivered on set clark goes to open it and it's a box full of superman action figures these action figures turn to life and have superman's powers and for some reason just start heat visioning the fuck out of clark and giving him no other choice into turning into Superman on live TV so that these toys don't kill everybody in the room. Superman asks the action figures how they knew he was Superman, Clark Kent was Superman, and he replied that the answer is even in a bigger box. So Superman obviously goes to the bigger box, kind of reminiscent of the movie 7. He finds his best friend Pete Ross dead in the box. Yeah, dude, he's just stuffed in a box and he's all mortified like, what the hell? And that's when he realized, like, shit's getting real, like, up in Metropolis. And so now everybody knows who he is. He kind of has to abandon being Clark Kent. So he's just Superman all the time now. And kind of wrap up there for a little bit when we see Luther trekking through, what, the Arctic or somewhere? Either way, Luther's, you know, walking around town. (laughs) Not a town, though. Looking for we don't know what until we see Brainiac's detached noggin just, like, laying there. And he picks it up and he's like, just who I was looking for. And that's when Brainiac starts to take over Luther's body by putting his little tendrils on top of Luther's ball ass head like bezos and he just latches on he says you're mine now and that was pretty badass because uh just the way that like luther was like what the fuck and then (laughs) brainiac just took him over anyways was cool and he's walking like a drunk dude out of a bar trudging back to wherever he's going dude to go scavenge and build a new spaceship because that's all brainiac pretty much does and uh yeah so you know kind of setting up the main villain or so we think setting up him there was pretty badass and then we see ourselves back in metropolis yeah to make matters worse metallo has taken over the bodies of like a hundred men and they're all storming the daily planet looking to kill anybody that has been remotely close to clark kent in his lifetime even though superman has no idea how metallo was able to do that he uses the daily planet's planet like the planet on top of the building as like a giant magnet and quickly resolves that issue bringing his loved ones to the fortress for safety but conveniently after that brainiac now has built his ship through Luther and he's storming the streets of Metropolis. Um, Lastly, the Legion of Superheroes comes to visit Superman in the fortress to give him a statue, a golden statue of Superman holding an object. Because they traveled through time, Superman knew that this date was specific and reflects that it might be his last day. So between all of his villains coming out of nowhere and becoming nuisances to murderers, he knows that there's something underlying that's way worse that he hasn't figured out yet. Once everybody leaves, including the Legion, we see Superman crying next to his dog buddy Crypto. Crying like a bitch. What a strong first issue. Yeah, dude, that shit slapped. 
And it set up, like, everything that needed to be concluded in the next issue, and it was awesome. Alan Moore, usually thought of as, you know, the Watchmen guy, V for Vendetta, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and what have you. But his work on superheroes, as much as that fat wizard hates the genre itself, he did such great work. So, I mean, I wish he'd stop hating for a little bit, even though I get it, but, you know. Just do his job. Yeah, do your job, bro. You're getting paid, kind of. Issue two happens to be Action Comics 583. Um, The story goes back to Lois in her interview with Tim. Lois's new husband, Jordy, pops in because he smells some coffee. Don't blame the dude. It's probably pretty early there. And uh, so this is our first real introduction to uh, Jordy. Lois then goes back to the story, relaying that she and the others were just waiting around scared in the Fortress of Solitude while Superman helped protect them from Brainiac. There's a huge force field that spreads across the whole fortress, making it so no one can come and no one can go. There's a funny panel, though, where the Justice League finally shows up, like, last minute, and they're trying to break into this bubble. So they can help Superman, but you see Shazam, and Wonder Woman, they're punching, just going ham on this force field. And then in the bottom left corner, you see Batman and Robin just smacking it with this weak-ass stick. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this ain't Batman 66, dog. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like they went to Home Depot beforehand. (laughs) Some warped wood. (laughs) This will do. (laughs) A bunch of dunces, dude. But yeah, so pretty much... Back in the bubble. There's, yeah, back in the bubble, you know, it's pretty much Superman's last stand. Brainiac Luther outside being ne'er-do-wells. And then the Legion of Supervillains shows up, too. And, you know, they're pretty much like those people, like, when you were in school that, like, were in your group but didn't do any work and wanted all the credit. They just show up to, like, pretty much shit-talk and be like, oh, God, look, at Brainiac's gotta do it. And then they just stand there with their hands in their pants and fucking don't do anything the whole time. Similar to that, while they're doing that, Jimmy, the photographer of the Daily Planet, and Lana Lang, a Superman's first uh, girlfriend in high school, feels so defenseless that they got to go sneaking around the fortress trying to find any artifact that might grant them powers. Sure as shit, Lana finds a pool of an unidentified liquid and decides to strip down naked and swim in it. And then Jimmy finds some That's kind of pregnant, science. It's <laughs> 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 like the best Western pool, dude. Facts. It's floating on top. <laughs> Somebody get the skimmer. Yeah, bro. <laughs> So she skimmed off the top, and Jimmy <laughs> finds some kind of flask and drinks it. And sure as shit, they both immediately get powers, go back to the battlefield where the Legion is, and in a short amount of time, they're already dead because they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like going out with one of those like uh, electric fly swatters and hitting some lightning bugs. That's what happened to them, dude. They got crumpled up like <laughs> real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to, you know, they're dead. Superman kind of gets the gist of that. He's like, yo, we're where my dog's at and then that's like, the saddest part bro. about all of this shit so it had me crying in the club dude the, the <laughs> sad part which is always the sad part for me are when the animals die so crypto is getting pissed off that people are causing all kinds of ruckus in his fortress so he uh goes to um the guy radiating kryptonite and just fucking goes to town on him and but because he's radiating kryptonite definitely passed away in the process so rest in peace crypto that shit was sad as fuck he's like ah get off me you stupid dog don't you realize this is killing you and he's got that like snarling face on like my dog when he's overexcited and he just tore him up dude and that was like so noble and so sad all at the same time like i was literally just sitting in my living room and i put the reader down and i was just like man i'm like depressed now all of a sudden and i had to hold it up and show it to uh, 
my fiance jazz and i was like look at how sad this is and then she's like i didn't even read that page and i almost want to cry i was like yeah dude it's sad dude he's just laying there radiated all green on the ground and then later we see skipping ahead a little bit once the squad comes in you see like jason todd and batman checking on crypto and even that was like sad as fuck dude it's like a bunch of legends pretty much died in this hall today and it, and it's just dead crypto dead lana wang and everybody's just tossed up now dead pete ross all of the villains are acting weird and suddenly everything clicks for superman because the only big villain missing out of this scenario would be uh mr mixtaplick we'll say mr mixtaplick yeah dude correct me if i'm wrong but also shove it because i don't care dude they spell it like it's you know alphabet soup so the little derby hat wearing fifth dimension imp goofy as all hell yeah well he's pretty much like god and he's a dick so (laughs) right he confesses that he's the one responsible and his reason for cause is that he's immortal he said that for thousands of years he just stood still for another thousands of years he was a good guy then maybe the next chapter in his life he might be evil and then maybe guilty after that more so just trying different things just to kill time but what a fucking weirdo yeah for a thousand years why don't you just beat your meat and go to sleep instead dude chill out right (laughs) that's what i do why don't you spend a thousand years trying to get some chicks dude you fucking loser (laughs) but anyways (laughs) this guy's on tip and (laughs) transforms into some kind of monster and starts chasing superman and lois back to the fortress upon chasing superman he makes some weird comment about how everyone in the 30th century knows that today is going to be his last day and superman finally comes to the realization that that golden statue that he was gifted earlier in this story has him holding some kind of circular lid type thing he now understands that's the message to grab the phantom zone projector for this situation and at that time that's the only way to stop him so superman successfully does so and when the monster goes for the kill superman points the projector at him how Ever, it simultaneously like cuts the dude in half because he says his name in reverse so that sends him back to the fifth dimension at the same time he's being sent to the phantom zone so dude's dead as fuck for sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude so and that was sweet so you know superman saved the day even though like the whole squad is down bad and pretty much you know tossed up taking dirt naps so take your w's where you can so yeah he's safe lois is safe i guess that's all that matters if you don't care about your squad and you know sure <laughs> <laughs> and so he know you know what he's just like fuck it man this sucks he goes into his giant vault thing where oh well that's sad because he's feeling guilty more than he ever has ever for killing somebody because that's against his code whether they're a murderer or not he can't kill people so there's this room in the fortress of solitude labeled gold kryptonite he looks at lois one last time with a smile and enters the room locks the door behind him and that's the last anybody has ever seen of him and then i was thinking oh shit how's lois gonna get back home but then i remembered that the rest of the justice league was outside that forest field so she's good but the whole justice league can feel that superman's absence like in the air so to speak and finds Lois crying outside of the door labeled gold kryptonite where Superman basically committed suicide but I do have a side note as much as I am a fan of Alan Moore's writing I know Superman does not have the personality to kill anybody nor kill himself so I was pretty pissed off with the conclusion of the story
story. The story notes that Shazam ripped the door off once they find Lois Lane, and the room is just completely empty. So my thought is that he probably went to Cuba with Tupac, because that's where all legends go. But they did discover that there was a hidden passageway leading out to the fortress. Assumedly, like, he escaped powerless. Died, dude. Yeah, and died. However... Like Marley and me. Similar. <laughs> but the body was never found. And you know Batman would be all over that shit. You're telling me that he just goes undiscovered and the Justice League is cool with that? So that also pissed me off. I'm like, Alan Moore is a better writer than this. I'm like, what is going on? So, back to the story. Now knowing that Kryptonite doesn't hurt him, it just takes away his powers. There's a few pages at the very end of the story that really resonated with me. Yeah, dude. Tim Crane in the membrane. He's wrapping up his, uh, you know, his little scoop with Lois. And, you know, she's like, you know, all I got to say, that's the last I've seen of the guy. And he's like, oh, okay. Oh, thank you so much, Miss, uh, what's her last name? Who gives a shit? And she's gone. And well, he does ask his very last question. He's just like, I just want to know. It's kind of tacky. Do you think Superman died that day? And she says, yes. Yup, Superman's dead, but old Jordy ain't, dude, and he's still dumping loads in her, dude, and they have a super baby now. Oh, yeah. Young Jonathan, my boy. So even though Superman's dead, quote-unquote, Clark Kent is dead because he was exposed on TV, that doesn't mean Jordy's dead. So at the very last few pages of this book, their baby was next to the fireplace, and he's crushing something and turns it right into a diamond, and you're like, oh, shit. Is that Superman's baby? And then I was looking at Jordy, and he's wearing a gold sweater. And so since gold kryptonite makes him powerless, they kind of made it so that you kind of think that he's just gone powerless for the last 10 years. Um, So I think it's a reference to that. So that made the story make way much more sense. So we now understand that even though he didn't actually die, he decided to enjoy retirement and finally start a family with his true love. So because this dude, Jordy, has brown hair with gray sideburns, you'd have no idea it was Clark Kent this whole time. But that subtle implication at the very end of the issue when he winks at the reader made it one hell of a read. I mean, that does it yeah (laughs) so yeah dude i mean this was a good story i i really enjoyed it you know as like a kind of setting superman off type deal like what's he do when he dies slash retires i thought it was a good story because i mean we're never gonna get a definitive end for the character but like if there ever was to be one i feel like this is pretty fitting except for the fact this isn't like disparaging it or anything it's just man how heartless you know people do say that like superman is a dick i mean unless he's really good at like burying his emotions in 10 years you know his whole squad getting zapped up and killed he doesn't seem very upset about it at all anymore so uh yeah i don't know but you know <laughs> i guess i guess it didn't matter that much huh but uh well and during the comic and we didn't bring this up either is that he mentions that lana lang although that was his sweetheart in high school he always had feelings for her but never like lois and so you know i the two were just destined to be together after all said and done yeah you know what fair enough that's fine but i've said my piece on the book have you said everything you want to get off your chest yep i guess it's time for our rating yes sir so you know what i'm gonna go ahead and this is tough i mean i need to really start keeping track of my ranking so i really know where like the pecking order kind of lies but i feel like this was a solid eight out of ten for me you know i think it was really good all the way through cohesive story the art was great i like the twists and turns especially you know not expecting mr mixaplick to be you know the big bad after you you know, I genuinely thought it was Brainiac up until he revealed himself. You know, I thought all the twists and turns were good. It 
it's a great story. If you like Superman especially, it's a great like kind of character study. Um, and it's got all of like those great Silver Age like characters and elements to it. And it's kind of got a feel of a different time. So, you know, I think it's a really good book. Uh, so yeah, eight out of 10 for me. What do you give it? I'd give it an eight and a half out of 10. There's a lot of nuances to it. Like you said, last of the Silver Age. And so, you, and if you understand Superman and his cast of characters, like everybody who's meant anything to him kind of appears in this story. So for only being two issues, they're able to fit all of that in two issues. So that was pretty impressive to me. So I had a really good time reading it. I still enjoy All-Star Superman better. And so it's not his best story ever, but it's still a great Alan Moore story. Obviously, you said the art, Kurt Swan is probably my favorite person to ever do the Superman art, just symbolic of the best time he had in comics. And so I really appreciated that Alan Moore was able to pair with him. The art was amazing. The writing was really good, even though it almost pissed me off. He really came full circle at the end. Um, I remember finishing the book and I was like, well, damn, it was right in front of us the whole time. And Mm so that's a good storytelling, you know? And so I was pretty impressed overall being a Superman fan. Even if you're not a Superman fan, it's a really good read it's a really short read so if you're new to comics this would be a good one to pick up my last thing i have is just that this like i prefaced before like this digital reader the first two issues are this self-contained story that we just spoke about uh but there are two extra issues in the story or in the graphic novel uh one of them is uh dc comics presents issue i'm not sure but it's superman and swamp thing teaming up and pretty much you know superman is just getting infected by you know space moss almost and he's pretty much just tripping sack and he's also driving down south to go die and pretty much swamp thing guides him through a trip you know that one was okay um not really that great you could definitely skip it but if you're also if you like good classic superman stories this nice self-contained issue the last story um i don't remember i think it's a superman annual not sure which number forgive me but uh it's the issue with the introduction of black mercy where he fights mongol that was a really cool issue um, we're not going to really get into that but i'm just saying if you decide to check this out for yourself you can pretty much skip the swamp thing crossover and you can go right to that last story too and that one's pretty top notch as well i don't know if joe read it or not but i would recommend to you you should go back and read that one i think you'd really like it but with that i mean that's our episode for the week nice short sweet simple you want to hit them with what we're doing next yeah so we figure superman's dead might as well go to dead batman so So there's a story by Grant Morrison, who also wrote my favorite story of Superman's All-Star Superman. He writes R.I.P. Batman. So um, this is our second Superman story so far. We haven't done anything Batman. We both thought of him as a top five character. So it's about time we do some Batman. So we're going to break our cherry and do uh, R.I.P. Batman. Damn straight. And, you know, leaving you with that, you know what it is. We're just going to give you the quick rundown. If you're CBJ faithful, you already know where to go but for those of you who aren't aware instagram at cbj pod hit us up we've been you know we've been getting more responses from you guys on instagram we love to see it we love to talk to you guys you know let us know what you like what you don't like if you're a comic nerd if you're interesting dude you want to come on the show reach out we'll consider we'd love to talk to more comic book dorks so you know what you know hit us up there cbj podcast on facebook comic book junkies on youtube you know what it is like rate review you know the typical youtube bs but it does help us expand our reach and get out there and keep doing what you guys are doing keep listening we really appreciate it and uh thanks guys all right guys also really appreciate the interactions and we will see you next time later